Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Rolling with Disadvantage, the D&D podcast where we won't be playing D&D. As always, I'm your host, Tyler. And I am your co-hostess with the mostest, Till. Hostess. Um, RWD is our podcast where we argue, debate, and scream into the void. About various aspects of into D&D the void. 5th edition. Feel free to join the conversation by tweeting us at RWD podcast. Uh, uh, I had a thing that I was going to say. Hey, you're, you're, you, you said to me before this. We got to be on schedule today. You got something you're doing. Yep. Got a fantasy something, football draft. Something just as nerdy, one would argue. Last one uh, of the year because the season starts on Thursday. So, Is that preseason? No, this is the season. Oh, really? Real fo- real American Foosball football? Foosball starts on... Yeah, there's no there's no preseason this year because, you know, COVID. Uh, so, so, yeah, no, there's just regular season. Uh, I expect it all to end fiery in about six games. Uh, you know, because as soon as you know, two or three teams can't play because ten of their guys got the Rona, right. suddenly games start getting canceled because they're not in a bubble. Yeah, exactly. Like the NBA. No, they're just but, doing and they're going to have a limited crowd, unlike the MLB. Can't believe they're doing that. Blows my mind. I love the uh, you know the jokes about teams with poor attendance. Like, well, that stadium's only going to have. 30% occupancy. Oh, just like normal then. Yep. 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 Yeah. You know, you're going to have people, whatever. We don't have to talk about sports, but I, I did want to amuse the audience by showing your, the breadth and depth of your nerd, nerdistry is that you also do jock Dungeons and Dragons fantasy yes. football. Yes. Uh, what, well, what did they call themselves? Uh, what were Joe Manganello and, uh, Jocks uh, Machina. Jocks Machina. Machina. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I did enjoy the show, the league when it was on. Oh yeah. Television. Classic. Oh, it was a great show. Classic. Yeah. But there's less, there's definitely less role playing in, in fantasy football. Yes. Yes. I, I play the role of somebody that knows what they're doing uh, and I fail every save. So, uh, any good, any hopes and dreams for your team? Uh, so, I, I have two teams already. Uh, one's, one's good. The other one's actually very good. I got very lucky. Um, a lot of players fell into a good position for me. So that team is projected by Yahoo uh, to go 11 and three and win the whole thing with the most points scored. So we'll see what happens. And what's the money on the line? Uh, so let's see. The work league is 20 bucks pop. So that's 200 winner take all. Uh, and then the friend league is uh, I think 20 and there's 12 of us. I think it's uh, first place. Second place gets their money back. Winner gets the rest. And then my family league is just for schnitz and giggle. Should there be money on the line in D&D? Well, the problem with that is that one of the people that would have money on the line is God. And so yes, that's so the DM cannot have money on the line. So so once upon a time, Dan and I had the the deal where whenever you go down, you put a dollar the in the pool. jar. The, the death, death pool, pool. Yeah. yeah. The Deadpool. Yeah, that was a little unfair though, as a the barbarian tank versus, you know, somebody else. The barbarian tank have... goes down more often. Yes, but he's less likely to die as I, the life cleric, and bring him back to life all the time. Yeah, that's true. But you could just you could rig by not healing him, not, letting not him die. Yeah. Him <laughs> I do like we could pontificate about another episode about how to how to make real life stakes in D anD D. But we have a very specific agenda today very, and for the near future. Very specific, as mentioned in the last episode, we are we're committing to the bit. We're going to try out some episodes about existing campaign settings yes. with an, with an eye towards contemporary D and D maybe some minutiae about historical facts. Um, some of them are 
much older. Some of them are much newer. So it all work out. Yeah. Well, we'll get into you know individual stuff, but the the one we're starting with today is the the big bad essentially the the realm the campaign setting the forgotten realms literally just called the realms by most people. Yes, the realms, uh, which is arguably where most of fifth edition takes place in terms of campaign settings, mm -hmm. adventures, league adventures, content for the books illustrations for the books characters for the books happens in Faerun. yes right um and this all you know just for a bit of history it's all started uh with uh, ed greenwood back in the 60s wrote this because he wanted a fantasy setting uh and this is before DD even was a thing he wrote the forgotten realms and started writing about the forgotten realms and it just blossomed over time into this massive world where everything happens. Which is, it's funny that you bring this up because I'll talk about it in relationship to other campaign settings, but it is big. Yes. It is, it is very, very large. I was, I was doing, you know, some statistical research. Did you see the, just the sheer square mileage of Faerun, the main no, continent I, of the Forgotten Realms? I did not see that. No, I looked at maps just for general locations of things, but I did not look up the square footage. Okay. So, Here's here's your facts, right? The United States, the yeah. country, mm -hmm. uh, I think I think mainland. I'm not sure if it includes Alaska. Is 3.8 million square miles. Okay, that's a lot, right? Yeah. How much square mileage do you think Faerun covers? Well, see, now you're saying it like this, so it's got to be bigger. So I'm going to guess like 12 million. Okay, you overshot. 9.6, okay. 9.6 million square miles. So right? it's it's North almost, America. Almost three times. America. Yeah, it's 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 basically the United States, Mexico and most of Canada, right? Like yeah. that's the size of that one continent, which is that's a big continent, right? Big, big place. Well, it's a continent. It's, uh, it's yeah, perfect. It's a continent with many different, you know, realms within it. Um but that being said, there are other continents in in Forgotten Realms, but nobody cares. <laughs> like I, I didn't even know they existed. I found the names. I'm like, where? Okay, did other things? Did things happen to these? No, nothing happens on. What are they even named? Karatur or Zakhar? I don't even know these places. Nothing happens there. <laughs> Nobody cares. Everything, every everything that anybody ever cared about in terms of the Forgotten Realms happens in Faerun, the Underdark, or the Shadowfell. Like, let's be real. So what I found interesting just in doing background research before we get into what actually is in the Forgotten Realms is that the idea of the Forgotten Realms is very similar to that of Middle Earth um, in yes. that the idea is that it is Earth at some point in time that has long been forgotten. Now, even, you know, this is a meta, even that concept of Forgotten Realms has been forgotten. We don't, that's not the case anymore, but that's where yeah. it started, right? Yeah. It was it was related to it was a it was the Forgotten Realms were parallel universes, mm -hmm. and it, now in fifth edition they acknowledge like we don't do that anymore. This is just the realms. It just is this yep. place. It's not yep. related to Earth anymore. The continent name Toril, nice, mm -hmm. simple, mm -hmm. plain. I always struggle coming up with a with a with a a world name like the the I'm sorry not a continent name the world name is Toril yes. right like the yes. planet the yes. plain. Um, it's it's really hard to come up with something good. Like the prime material plane is kind of what we all agree is like mm -hmm. that's the that's the world that's the that's the the universe, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but what's the planet name? Toril. And now that See, I'm saying never, it out loud, it's not that great. It's not bad, and its, it's full fine. name I think is like Eber or Toril or something yeah, like that. Yeah, sure, it's Elvish or something. But coming up with a planet name, 
you feel like you got to do it at some point if your campaign goes long enough. It, I feel like you only need to do it because I feel like you don't name a planet until there are other planets. Because until there's other planets, it's just the planet. So riddle me this, Batman. In your campaigns or your belief system, the prime yep. material plane exists, and it yep. tells you in the in the rules that the prime material plane is infinite. Yep. Is that right. like is that like the world we live in, where it's planet Earth is a ball and the universe is infinite? Yes. There's other planets. Yes. So should we have planetary travel in Dungeons and Dragons? Well, so um, that's not really part of this. Actually, we should talk about this at some point. Um, but that's very much the Spelljammer philosophy. Okay. Is there are other worlds and there is space travel and you do get to go to these places. That's kind of fun. Or um, is it that the other planes of existence are the other planets? Well, and see, that's that. There, there's two sides of that coin. I like to think that the prime material is just the universe. Like you as a physical person, if you can develop the means to traverse space, could go to these other places. Go to some other habitable planet Earth yeah, in exactly. the prime material plane. Yeah. That'd be um, kind of cool. You know, I think it would be fun. I think it would open the world up to a lot of variant everything. Like yeah. it's it's similar but different. Oh, that would be so. Like in the, you know, in Marvel comics, the whole universe was populated by the um, the 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 the, the that one species of people who like so, watch the watch. So there's the, the there, there's the Eternals. The Eternals didn't they populate the like watchers. all the planets? There's uh the uh the you know the not Thanos. Thanos was a titan um oh yeah what are they called uh oh, what's the grandmaster's race they was i don't remember the name but, but that's why all the people look alike is because all the worlds were populated by the same people like the same figures dropped the seeds of of, of life everywhere that's why all life looks humanoidish in the in the marvel worlds right in on on earth yeah I thought all the all the Earth like oh, no, there there there's plenty of I mean look at fucking Groot. No, I, I know mean, there are plenty of non-humanoid things, but that's like Gamora looks like a Titan looks like a human, right? Like Terrans look like Titans look like whatever. Yeah. So, so but it, the point it, I was trying to make is that if that I liked what you were saying is you could go visit another planet and it has other elves mm -hmm. that are kind of like elves but not pseudo elves, different. Right. Uh, anyways, back to Faerun. Yeah. Forgotten realms. They have all the races. They're all yep. there. Yep. I, I mean, maybe they don't. Maybe Eberron races aren't supposed to exist in Faerun. I don't know. I mean, but there is a form of that race that exists in Faerun. Mostly humanoids. Yes. Yes. I would say probably the one... There's probably... Actually, now I think about it, there's probably a lot of racial examples of things that don't exist in Faerun. Like, Warforge is clearly Eberron. That, that's Eberron Correct. through and through. Yes. Um, I, I would agree with that. But same with, like, I'm sure, like, Kalashtar are probably very Eberron-based. Well, even all the new Magic the Gathering races, Vidalkin and yeah. Leonin, probably don't exist in Faerun. Exactly. And I think that's, you know, part of the fun of having different worlds is that you get these different things. You know, just like we were talking. Maybe, may, and we never we haven't gotten into this yet, but maybe each of these D&D &D realms is a different world in the same right. universe. That's very much a Magic the Gathering thing, like, different different planets planes. kind of exist. Yes, the plane walkers. Well, they, they, there was also kind of planets within those things, but that was one of the best parts about the MTG universe, because when I read those, a lot of those books as a teenager, mm -hmm. was going to a different world. It was like Earth, but had other qualities. Like Mirrodin, like the metal planet, was like, everybody was exactly the same, basically, but they all had like, they had been infected by machinery, you know, 
um, which was kind of cool. Um, but the population of Faerun is millions of humanoids. Yes, I feel like I don't, and I wish I'd saved this, but I feel like I saw somewhere they did like a percentage breakdown of races, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I it, can't it's, find it it's gonna days. be typical. Yeah, I, I, I didn't see that, but I'm assuming it would be typical, right? Yeah, it was like 5% dwarf, 5% elves, you know, 45% humans, blah, blah, blah. And that is, to, to go on something you already said before, very much the the appeal and the non-appeal, whatever the word for non-appeal is, of is it's it's a pretty typical fantasy setting. It mm-hmm. is Middle-earth. It is whatever. It's not I, different. I actually took a very specific note on this because I, I thought it was the perfect way to describe it. So... Um, the focus of the Forgotten Realm setting is the continent of Faerun, part of a fictional world called Toriel, an Earth-like planet with many real-world influences. The lands, uh, unlike Earth, the lands of the Forgotten Realms are not ruled by the human race. The planet of Toriel is shared by humans, dwarves, elves, goblins, orcs, and other people and creatures. Technologically, the world of the Forgotten Realms is not nearly as advanced as that of Earth. In this respect, it resembles pre-industrial Earth around the 13th or 14th century. However, the presence of magic provides an additional element of power to the societies. Magic fucks up industry. Yeah. I mean, do I need a steam engine if I can make, you know, things teleport? Well, that's, you know, that's the eternal question in a lot of worlds, including the one you guys are playing in now is the the divide between the mechanical, the arcana mechanical and the arcane right? The artificer riding the bridge in the middle where he makes magic machines, but there's somebody who never has access to magic and they want to do cool things too. And they make machines, right? That would just what be world is this? the one we're in now. You guys just encountered oh. crab, the kobold who's an artificer, mm-hmm. right? So there's clearly people who want to engage in machinery, but there's less drive to do so, right? Mm-hmm. Because of, the... because of magic. What What's uh, uh necessity is the mother of invention. Correct. And if you have yeah. magic, what the fuck? There's what no do you necessity. need? You know, so that, well, speaking of the sort of helplessness of necessity, that was a, somebody on Reddit was in in a discussion I found about this was comparing other campaign settings to Faerun. And Faerun, there's always this sense, especially in the the actual built-in storyline, that there's some super magical hero who could save everybody at any point. Yep, it's it's full, it's chocked full of named heroes that exist and have existed for a really, 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 mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. really long time. I, When I was a young teenager, read all the Elminster books. Elminster. Right? Classic. He, he is Merlin, more or less, but like the super powerful Gandalf-Merlin mm-hmm. combo wizard. At yep. first, those adventures are just like learning magic, whatever, but by the time you get to Elminster and Hell, just fighting all of Hell at once, Kind of having a hard time, but managing. Fun fact: I saw something. Uh, I saw his like uh, his his breakdown, his statistical breakdown, and he's like got four different classes, which is very common back in the day. You used to yeah. do you know three, four classes because you wanted a little bit of everything, and you could go past level twenty. Well, so he you could have of, level twenty in one, level twenty in another, level twenty in another, you know, so on and so forth. It was kind of forced to. If we're going to just kind of talk about some Faerun heroes, Elminster's story was a lot of development early on of like learning magic and becoming an adventurer and a hero. And at one point, the goddess of magic, um, Mistra, just like she turns him into a lady. And he, whoa, has to, whoa, he has, to, whoa. Just has to live as a lady, I think, for like a year and like learn 
about life and nature and magic that way. So like his whole journey is kind of forced upon him to learn a lot of things, mm-hmm. swordplay, magic, experience, yeah. and then and then then becomes the grandest, greatest sage in the world, only saved later by a very notorious figure, um, Halister Blackcloak, had to help, he failed in saving, but had to help save Elminster from hell. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Halister being the Mad Mage in um, Dungeon of his, the Mad Mage? Dungeon, what was that, um, his building called? Oh, uh, the Mount Keep, no. Under, yeah, keep, under, under under mountain under mountain yeah yeah so like uh, the place that you can access through the yawning portal or whatever at that tavern um so there's like there's named people i think that's the best part about Faerun is like the best and worst the heroes are there yes but they're so powerful so i think a lot of the reason uh that you got these named heroes i mean obviously i think elminster's obviously big for us but Probably the most popular one is Drist. Correct. I mean, you know, he's been in, he, I think, He appears more in, like, New York Times best-selling books, like, yeah. several of them. Yeah, Salvatore did some work. But like I 17 think, books? Something like that. But I think that the reason that the Forgotten Realms became what it is isn't because of the characters or the books. I think it's because of the video games. There are so many Forgotten Realms-based video games. You know, Baldur's Gate, the biggest D&D video game of them all, right there in Faerun. Right. On the Sword Coast in Baldur's Gate. Right. So, and you travel up and down the Sword Coast in both the first one and the second one. You learn all about these places. I think the Sword Coast is is the the most populous, popular setting of all of the things. Oh, absolutely. Right. You know, along the Sword Coast, you have Baldur's Gate, you get Neverwinter. To to Baldur's Gate, I think, is the stretch of the Sword Coast that you're in. And you have all those amazing places along the way. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it's something like in fifth edition alone, more than a dozen adventures take place in Faerun or Forgotten Realms. I'm glad you asked. Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, Dragon Heist, Dungeon of the Mad Mage, Descent into Avernus, which technically takes place in Hell but starts from Baldur's Gate, uh, the Sword Coast Adventurer's Guide, Horde of the Dragon Queen, Lost Mind of Fandelver, Rise of Tiamat, Dragon of Ice Spire Peak. Tomb of Annihilation technically takes place on the Savage Coast, which is part of Faerun, but kind of different. Yeah. It's uh, Out Island. of the Abyss is the Underdark, which is part of Faerun, technically. Technically. Uh, technically. The North, just the North, is uh, Prince of the Apocalypse, and the Savage Frontier is Storm King's Thunder. You're missing an important one. Which one? The Curse of Strahd. See, okay. Actually, I have that in the extra section on whenever we do our talking thing. I've got Barovia and Rick and Morty World as separate things altogether. Well, Christmas Strahd specifically starts again in Forgotten Realms, but it ends up in um, the Shadowfell slash yeah. Barovia slash what's the other name for it? I... Um, Ravenloft. Yes. Right? Like the, that's where the adventure takes place. But it's. It's connected to it's, the Shadowfell is an inherent part of Forgotten Realms. Yes, yes, that's um, right. Right, it didn't. It doesn't like third edition D anD D didn't have the Shadowfell like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't. Ha- it didn't access it the same way. So it's 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 connected in the way the Underdark is part of Forgotten Realms. In theory, yes. the Underdark spans the entire world because it's not just one thing. It's like a bunch of oh, a series of caverns and caves and right. cities and whatnot. So every every major tentpole D anD D story takes place i don't even know if you said the yawning portal i, I didn't just because portal. that's 
different. It's but a yes, collection yes. of old things, but like that's the core of it. You are in the you are in the tavern, the yawning portal, doing your thing. The the big exceptions I found were obviously uh, the source books like uh, Mythic Odysseys of Theros, yeah. uh, Eberron, um, uh, Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. Uh, the only adventure I found that isn't is part of actually Greyhawk is uh, Ghosts of Salt uh, Ghosts of Saltmarsh. Um, isn't part of Faerun. No, yeah, it's part of Greyhawk. Yeah, it's part of Greyhawk. Okay. Do you want to keep doing this in the second half of the show today? Uh, I think we're on a roll. I uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I know, but we're just gonna we're gonna take two, take uh, five, take time right here in the middle of the show for mm -hmm. a break, and we'll come back and we'll just keep talking about the realms. Lots to talk about here. And we're back. <gasps> what? Marker on the audio right there. Um, yeah, we're still talking. We're still talking about the Forgotten Realms. Yes, there was one which, thing uh, I saw that yeah. I really loved. Um, the original Forgotten Realms logo was used all the way until 2000, so it got essentially published from 87 to 2000. Had the same beautiful little logo with very small runic letters on the logo that read, "Herein lie the lost lands." The uh, was that have the crescent crescent shape? Is that what I remember? Yeah, they had a little crescent moon. Yeah, realms. Level. Yeah, right in the middle. Pull it up, and then there were little runes around it, yes. around like the top, I mean, they, they like still very use that. small. Basically, the same thing. So the new one uh, they've used since 2000 takes out the runes, uh, but it still has the little crescent, and it neatens. It makes the letters neater and nicer to look at. Yes, it's very similar, but yes. So it takes out those. Takes out those third runes. Edition when they did that runes. change. Yeah, third um, edition changed a lot. Third edition changed a lot, and third edition had a variety of campaign settings as well. Um, but Forgotten Realms was featured heavily amongst them. The thing about the Forgotten Realms that I, when doing this research, really enjoyed is the the feeling of historicity. Right? His, it's historical. There, there's mm -hmm. two thousand plus years of historical content that you can access okay and and there is a lovely youtube channel uh called name it <laughs> forgotten realms history mm -hmm. <laughs> that you can just go and watch all people any topic related to the forgotten realms and give you a, a five to 15 minute video on everything from the the Durger to Waterdeep to uh, anything at all to Faerun as a as a whole in a lovely little video. That's pretty it, cool. It is, and taking taking that that's something that's missing in a lot of homebrew settings is access to history, right? Because maybe your DM just hasn't gotten there yet. Totally fine, um, or maybe you don't uh, care. But if you're part of the Forgotten Realms, it's there whether you care or not. Mm -hmm. it's, yes. it's accessible. I, right, that right there, I think, is a great point. Uh, for any campaign setting that's not homebrew, there's always something to work off of. There is, there's something that you can draw from that isn't your own. Even if you are homebrewing what you're doing, there's plenty to in, get inspiration from. Right. A lot of those um, pre-made campaigns will just have facts about the region 
Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I saw somebody referring to Icewind Dale, a review of Icewind Dale, uh, Rhyme of the Frostmaiden, recently, describing it as um, like a sandbox with little clusters in it, where they, they essentially described all these little regions within Icewind Dale that you could just go visit in your own time, your own pace. And that's that's the majority of the Forgotten Realms from mm-hmm. city to city, from region to region, from coast to coast, go, space ghost, coast to coast, full of stuff. Well, granted, it's all on the west side of the continent, and there's like a, <laughs> a, there's like a lake in the middle. It's like, oh, it's a sea. It's like a star sea or something. That's real, real fast. Before while you're looking that up, uh, I did I did a, a quick count because uh, I'd mentioned this uh, and part of why the Forgotten Realms so popular. Video games. You know how many? Can you guess how many video games? Eighteen are. You didn't even let me finish, but you you are very far off. The answer is 36. Holy 36 di- video holy games groaning. have been made set in the Forgotten Realms starting in 1988 with Pool of Radiance and coming up just this month to Baldur's Gate 3. That's going to be very exciting. The Baldur's Gate 3. Yes. yes. I'm hoping to play that. I'm excited that they're trying. They've done it in other games. Uh, I think probably the most recent example I can think of where they really tried to make it a D&D video game and not just Skyrim with D&D characters um, was Sword Coast Adventurers. Uh, that was uh, that was a video game where like you actually like your character would attack once every six seconds and then you'd get extra attack and you'd notice them start shooting faster or you would take feats and they'd start uh, you know, attacking faster or moving slower. And it was actually, they tried. It didn't work very well. The mechanics weren't great, but they tried. So I hope they tweaked it, fixed it, and made it real, 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 real good for Baldur's Gate 3. So you bring up the, you know, it's a D&D game, right? Yeah. And 5th edition is, a set, if you're if you're not homebrewing, 5th edition is essentially Forgotten Realms, period. Full stop. Mm-hmm. Which wasn't the case, right? In third edition, third edition was not Forgotten Realms. No, it was it was Greyhawk. It was like yes. the, where a lot of the stuff took place. So Forgotten Realms and, and Eberron. Forgot, yes, but Forgotten Realms and Eberron felt like other, right? Capital O, other. They mm-hmm. didn't. They felt like you were going somewhere else with different stuff and rules, and that's kind of my one. I mean, that's why they're great, but also why they don't really work. Like you know, we talked about books before the stories that happen in these places don't follow the rules of the game. Right? <laughs> they're, they're their own. You mean thing. I can't go to hell and fight all the demons? No, you can't be, you can't do, I mean, you eventually, when they don't follow the rules of the game, they're, they're doing their own thing. Right? I don't have unlimited magic. Ah, oh, shit. No, you got a lot. You got a short rest at least. Ah. Ah. Right. And heroes in these stories are never short resting. They're just going. Constantly. Yeah, I don't time. think I've ever heard of Driss being like, oh, I'm just going to take an hour off, guys. I'll no, be back. No, I like to think about back in the day, Baldur's Gate 2. two. Yeah. No. Either, either no. one, Baldur's Gate, Baldur's no. Gate, Shadow uh, Tom. Dark Alliance. Oh. I know you don't like game. it, but was you, there was like a gauntlet mini game you could play as Driss. Did you do this? No. So when you play the game, it's like third person hack slash where you play as um, like an elf or dwarf or a human maybe mm-hmm. um but there was a gauntlet minigame where you play as drist and drist was just so overpowered so <laughs> unstoppable could just murder everything without breaking a sweat whereas like the rest of the game was really really hard 
And so I, he just, you know, he just didn't, he just didn't have to rest. He didn't have to sleep. I mean, he's an elf, so maybe that's actually accurate. I don't know. But they, the, 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 the Forgotten Realms for a long time didn't feel like D and D, and now it, it is D and D now. Do elves dream of electric sleep, or whatever that, that one? Elect- did you ever read that book? No, do, do, not. do Android dream of electric sheep? Yeah, there you go. Uh, no, have not, have not. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that I'll ask, "Have you seen this movie too?" And they'll say, "No, what?" And they'll say, "No," or "Or what?" Or who? I've never even heard of that. Same thing goes for me in books. Yeah. Uh, I've not read the book. I don't read books. I don't like reading books. I'm a visual person. I need to see it. Also, I can read probably five, six pages of a book before I fall asleep. So perfect, right before you go to bed. You. I will pass the fuck out. And so, yeah, it would take me probably about a year to get through uh, an actual novel. Side note, unrelated related to this, but unrelated to the podcast, I, I, I saw a statistic last year that I don't believe, but was was widely published on the internet. So mm-hmm, take, mm-hmm, that with, mm-hmm. take that as a great home. That the average American, guess how many books per year the average American reads? I'm not average, so I'll say five. I would agree with you, but the stats that I saw last year said 12. Bullshit. Lies. I, I know. Sli- that seems way too high. Now, wait. Are they pulling the average 12th grader that has to read for English <laughs> class or something? Let's, let's, let's Google. Hold on. Really average books read per year, America. According to research, America reads a mean average of 12 books per year. Yeah, no. I don't know. I don't know anyone that reads 12 books a year aside from maybe one person but i feel like she doesn't read as much as she used to i last year read 12 books and i was reading the entire year granted each book i read was a fucking brick but like what I were those at- books called hmm uh, uh <laughs> oh what were they something what? round something what? round i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but i read a, and this year i've I, this year i've shit the bit the bed on reading like entirely but uh, I I'm fascinated that this uh, on average that uh, people read Americans read twelve books a year, which I I do not believe. Um, but I haven't I haven't done the deep dive in the research. But these are the kind of books that I'm surprised that you don't read, right? These Forgotten Realms types books. Yeah, no, uh, completely agree. Um, I feel like I would enjoy the story. Again, I just have such a hard time staying awake when I'm fi- when I'm sitting there reading something and trying to really take it all in as opposed to just skimming through it. You know, yeah. it just, it just takes a lot out of me. Okay. So let's just spend some time on some specific places in favor. I was going to say, while we're talking about books, we can talk about the good book. Oh, the good, the, the, uh, you, you of course are referring to the origin of species by Charles Darwin. Yes, 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 of course. No, I'm talking about gods, gods and goddesses. Of There's the a lot of them. There are. So what's interesting for me, um, and I think this will be very different for people who just started playing for the edition or were playing first in AD&D, is like you said earlier, the deities of 3.5 and 3rd edition were Greyhawk deities. Correct. I can name the, all of them right. in Alpine Order. And there weren't that many. I can't tell you half of the deities in the Forgotten Realms. I There's can't tell so you probably many. five off the top of my head. Like, I, yeah, exactly. Like Joaquin, because Joaquin's promenade was big in Baldur's Gate. Um, you know, uh, 
obviously Bale or Ball, however you want to say it, because uh, sure. of you know throwing a ball. Mistra, because she's a goddess of magic. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, uh, the moon, it's... goddess of the moon, that was big for you, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Although, in all fairness, I totally thought she was a Greyhawk deity. But, uh-huh. um, and then uh, uh, one of the guys in my current uh, Monday group uh, worships Torm, so I know Torm. Yes. Yeah. That's probably it. Those are probably like, like I have the list in front of me and I'm looking at them. I'm like, okay, I mean, these names, like, they sound familiar, but they were never my deities, you know? No. So, I- I feel like that's a really interesting thing, and I'm glad you brought it up earlier. It's just interesting to see that disconnect, that that non-understanding between editions. This that like in third edition, this wasn't Dungeons and Dragons. All these mm-hmm. deities that weren't Dungeons and Dragons. Right? Yeah, they these were other things that you had to ask your DM like, hey, can I worship? Can I worship? You know, uh something helm my, can i worship helm my name is bane i worship bane and guess what i cast bless huh got you there oh you think bless is your ally exactly exactly yeah. there's so there's so many of them and i don't even really know the role of deities in forgotten realms and other campaign settings like eberron deities are like background noise they don't mm-hmm. even nobody gives a flying f whistle right Religion or in mad mercer a- land it matters yes uh, religion plays a large part in the Forgotten Realms, with deities and their followers being an integral part of the world. They do not have a passive role, but in fact, interact directly in mortal affairs, answer prayers, and have their own personal agendas. Is there, isn't, is the Forgotten Realms the one that has like a deity who makes other deities, or am I thinking of? A uh, that I don't see in here. It must have been. It must have been. No. Oh, okay. Here we go. Uh, book concerning the action. Very. The chosen are the more representatives on Earth, uh, such as Elminster, as you had said earlier, uh, and Midnight, who becomes the goddess of magic, Mistra. Uh, ah, here we go. Uh, Ow. A just A O. The A-O, Overlord yes. makes other deities. Does not sanction worshippers and distance himself from mortals. He is single-handedly responsible for the time of trouble or God's war, as seen in the Avatar trilogy. And the the role of however you say that, Ow. is just to make like a I you know it gives you the stamp of approval as a deity. You're a god. He's a god. She's a god. The over We're god. all gods. Hey, right. Uh, it's like who, who you know, um, uh, uh, Zeus of, mm-hmm. of Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to remain unknown, but I I don't really know. Again, I'm not really know like, big in the deities of Faerun. There's just so many of them. They're they're fun because they have kind of one for every thing. Whatever you're doing, they got a god for it, and I think that's the point. Is that they wanted it to be very um, uh, ancient? You know, Rome. Greece, Egypt, where you had a god for everything, and that was your guy. You needed it. You talked to that dude about it. He'd help you out. He'd hook you up. If you're a farmer, god of corn, you're my dude. You know, if you're a warrior, god of battle, you're my dude. You know, so. And the I don't know if they were intending for such polytheism. That's where they ended up. They very much were. I'm glad you asked that. A huge number of diverse deities exist within several polytheistic pantheons. 
Uh, a large number of supplements have documented many of them, some in more detail than others. Ed Greenwood created a pantheon of gods for his home Dungeons & Dragons games. In his Forgotten Realms world, which were introduced, his down-to-earth divinity is what he called it. What does that mean? Uh, that, that that's that's where it stops. But it's meant to say um, that the gods were essentially like very interactive in the mortal world. They didn't just sit up on high and not do shit. So is it like if you know Egypt and Greek deities, if that was a real thing mm-hmm. in the way that they thought they were interacting with their lives every day, like that? Yeah, yeah, and you know that's why you get a lot of you know demi humans, you know. Well, God's this is where fucking... you need you need more ritual sacrifices. Then, well, I don't dispute that. We need to start throwing some virgins of any gender into volcanoes. They don't really ever say that they were men, do they? We need yeah, more you know, male virgins thrown in volcanoes. I agree. We need to really start throwing male virgins, incels of any type, just into just yeet, yeet yourselves, yeet, yeeting the incels into the volcanoes. That's that's right. a ritual that I can get behind. That's a that's the that's. We're rolling with disadvantages, planting our flags. Yeet more incels. Yep. Specifically into volcanoes. Just, <laughs> just throwing them elsewhere doesn't do much. I don't. I really do wonder why for a long time women were so maligned and sacrificed. I don't really understand that. Well, okay. So that I know also, there are reasons. Yeah, but it, a lot of it stems from the idea that that women are are birth givers. They give life, and so giving their life essentially giving power to a greater, higher calling. You know, there's lots of... It was an excuse for men to stay in power. Historically, there were a lot of men uh, killed and burned for witchcraft. You mean warlocks? No, like no, because witchcraft isn't real in real life. Um, How dare men, you? Men accused I'm a level five Wicca, so... And being killed, yourself. and animals actually accused of witchcraft, too. But well, uh, have you ever seen those sheep up in New England? In the, I think the most recent person executed for witchcraft was a man, if I'm not mistaken, in 2012, beheaded in Saudi Arabia. Nice. 2012. Still going. And not even burned. Just you're, you're a witch. Cut the head off. You know, it's disgusting that that's a thing. But it was, In current history, iPhones existed at the same time people were killing people for witchcraft. Yeah. But, I mean, good on that witch for holding up the cause. Yeah, right. I, I I like to think that more witches are just getting away with it now. Yeah, I mean, I think it's easier to obscure yourself nowadays, you know. Yeah, but they all wear the hats. That is a common rule, but yeah, then you just say, when somebody says, "What's the hat?" You say, "I'm a witch," and they're like, "Oh, cool." Oh, that's so funny and so. I mean, shit. Stevie Nicks is a witch. I think anyone can be a witch and be. That's true. Facts. Stevie Nicks is a very popular white witch. Yes. Yes, a very legitimate white witch. She's, she's all in. Okay, we've got only a couple minutes here. Uh, you wanted to touch on Waterdeep. Yes, I, I just thought we could talk about favorite places. I love Waterdeep. Um, I think it's very popular, but at the same well, there's time... There's a reason it's popular. I think it's very popular, but at the same time, I feel like it's not. Um, like I feel like they took a while to really bring it into 5th edition. Um, but at the same time, uh, I love the atmosphere in Waterdeep. I love I love that it's a very large concept in a very small area. It's not that small. It, I mean compared to the rest of the continent it is fairly small. It's it's pretty expansive if you're working in the like modern history, right, of Waterdeep. Mm-hmm. Um it, cuz it's 
it's like a you know a guild controlled lord controlled metropolis it's a really big city yes. relative to everything else in the area because it's it's like at the northern coast of the or sword coast right water deep is approximately 3.8 miles by 1.5 miles I don't know that that feels big as a as a walled in that, city. That's I mean yeah exactly. So that's what I'm saying. There's so much to do and there's so much happening, but if you I mean do the math, three point eight times one point five is not that many square miles. So, uh, three point eight times one point five. I mean I could I pull up a calculator it, if I wanted. It's fine. No, I'm doing it now. What's it like six? Almost six square miles. Yeah. So yeah, it's not. But that's not a big thing compared to the nine million that is the continent. Yeah, because it's one city in the northwest, I'm pretty sure the northwest of yeah. the fucking realm. And yet so much happens there, and there's so many interesting, fun stories that happen in Waterdeep that I feel like you could spend so much time there in such a small area, not even go outside of it, you know, and still have a great time. Trying to find Waterdeep in this map. It's such a big fucking map. Like I know vaguely where Waterdeep is. It's right uh, there. Okay. It's right you there. got it? It's like crescent shaped. But they I, I actually did watch a little video on the history of Waterdeep, and they've got a lot of geopolitical bullshit that happens in there. Assassinations, people taking over, mobs running the streets, violence, you know. All sorts of fun things happening, mm-hmm. and it all and it all started as essentially, um, uh, uh, natives lived up there, and people sailed from the south to trade with them, and eventually just like made a town that was attacked by orcs, and people were like, no, oh, we got to be safe in this town, and that's how it became, you know, a castle, <laughs> and they built a castle, Castle Waterdeep, and that's the, like the castle had its name before the town did. The town had a different name. But the name Waterdeep stuck for some reason. Yeah, but I, it, it, like, like I was talking about, you know, Faerun has a history. Waterdeep has a history mm-hmm. that exists, and like asking your players can ask about it and find out about it. You know, I feel like there's a lot that can be done there that they haven't really even touched on in, uh, in terms of official writings, let alone homebrews. There's a whole small world, a uh, uh, really tiny cosmos to be explored there. So. I would encourage that for anyone looking for something fun to do. Because there's two Waterdeep books? Yes. Yeah, they've got uh, Dragon Heist and Dungeon of the Mad Mage, which technically takes you to Undermountain, which I feel like is a bit of a different place, but it kind of counts. And there's a board game. The Lord and there is, there's a board game, there's a video game, Warriors of Waterdeep, but that's uh, not really anything special. It's a just phone game. Yeah. So. Does oh. it still exist? Yeah. Maybe it, but it's not it's it's um it's one of those uh microtransaction kind of things like you get, a, you get you get packs of heroes and you can level up your hero and then they go and they fight 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 and then they're done and it's 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 fine it passes time but to really do anything in it you gotta spend some money well hell no to the microtransactions i'm again it okay <laughs> final thoughts on Faerun. It's a big world out there, um, but I would definitely look to the smaller worlds within it to design campaigns around. Uh, Chult, Waterdeep, tons of fun places. Check yeah, them don't out. Try to, don't try to play the whole world. Oh, my God. Ugh. Okay. Make sure to subscribe. Rate the show wherever you found it. 
uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Herder, Schnurperdirt, SoundCloud. Follow us on Twitter. I tweet things. Um, feel free to I've send us topics. I've been counting on Schnurp and Herp and Herder Schnurperdirt. Feel free to send us topics you want to hear about um, or your DD rants at rdbtpodcast at gmail.com. We hope you enjoyed this and we'll do more of it next week. Um, but until, as always, we will see you next time, people. Till then. Goodbye. Thank you.